What's going on, everybody? I'm back again. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Sports and Stilettos Podcast. I am your host, Breezy, and we have so much to talk about for these first two games. But first, if you're not already, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at your host underscore Breezy. You can also follow the show on Instagram at Sports and Stilettos Podcast. If you are listening to the show via Apple Podcast, go ahead and drop a review for me. Let me know what you think. Each and every one of these gives the show more and more exposure. And, you know, maybe one of these days you'll see me talking sports with the big dogs. I mean, it's my dream, you know. So after the show, go ahead and leave a review and let me know how you feel. So now, let's get into the nitty gritty because I haven't been able to talk football in two weeks and it has been killing me. You guys know, life happens. I never thought first grade would be so such a big adjustment, but it has been, and I've been in shambles. But football is back. Our Eagles are playing extraordinary football these first two weeks. But I want to address something first. I know that every, well, not maybe not everybody, but most people have seen the Netflix documentary about Manti Teo and the controversial story surrounding the quote-unquote girlfriend that didn't exist. If you haven't guessed already by the episode title, Jalen Rager, this is for you and your revenge game that did not exist. Now, I, I've, I've been going back and forth about this ever since I heard the news that he was calling this a revenge game. This man doesn't have an ounce of revenge in his blood. So it was BS from the jump, right? One carry for 17 yards, one catch for seven yards, two punt returns for five yards. And that's supposed to be a revenge game. You play 16% of the offensive snaps and 19% of the special team snaps. Dog, how do you expect to get revenge and you can't stay on the field? You can't get in the game. It was wild how many people were saying, oh, what if Jalen Rager has the game of his life against Philly and y'all let him go and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, in what world? Because it's obviously not this one. He will never come to this city and have the game of his life. It is impossible. And it's never going to happen. So... Everybody who said that he was going to have the game of his life and all this and that, and he was going to destroy Philly for letting him or for for trading him away and all that, get send me an apology, please. Send me an apology. Because you're smoking the same thing that these reporters were smoking and that Jalen Rager was smoking. Because if you thought that any of that was true, there must be a chemical imbalance. (laughs) That's that's the only solution that I had. For that so Jalen Rager your revenge game does not exist and you don't either in the city of Philadelphia so on to bigger and better things our Eagles a beat <laughs> I don't want to I don't I don't want to keep cursing so I apologize the Eagles beat the dog poop out of the Minnesota Vikings in prime time on Monday night football under the lights of Lincoln Financial Field in South Philadelphia. 
It was a sold out event, 70,000 people. It was electric, absolutely electric. And I don't think I've seen the Eagles play a more complete game than I saw them play on Monday night. Now, now I'm not saying that they didn't make mistakes because obviously they did. But outside of the penalties, I thought they played a really great balanced game on both sides of the ball. Looking at the stats after the game, I was shocked. I didn't think that they they ran up almost 500 yards of offense. That's insanity. That's absolutely insanity. So, um, going into this game, I was on a couple of other podcasts and I was talking about how the Eagles needed to start fast because I'm sick and tired of these, you go all the way down the field and you, you, you know, you're, you're three and out. You're not coming away with points. You have to come away with points on that first drive. And they started fast. And I was like, mm, you know, you have that. Oh, are they, are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? And you, they did. We know. We know. But it was good to see them start fast, start poised, start um, aggressive. I loved it. And an interesting thing that I, w- that I saw after, you know, going through uh, post-game notes and like all that stuff, the Eagles held the ball. Eagles offense held the ball for 12 minutes in the first quarter. These quarters are only 15 minutes long. You hold the ball from your opponent for 12 minutes. Minnesota had the ball for like two and a half minutes. That's it. Two and a half minutes in the first quarter. That's crazy. And, uh, you know, I obviously I didn't go back and like look at past games or, or anything like that for the Eagles in regards to this first quarter stat. But I have never seen anything like this before. And if you have, let me know. But going down the list of... I don't talented, well put together players that just they just go together. They go together like peanut butter and jelly. Like you can never get it wrong kind of thing. Like that's how I feel about this offense right now. You can't get it wrong. It's almost impossible. Right? Going to start with Jalen Hurts. I know a lot of national people are now talking about uh, the fact that he is in the same system for a cons- like you know two consecutive years um, for the first time since he was in high school. That was something that I noticed in the offseason, and I thought that that was going to be something that would be of significance once the season actually started because you're comfortable. Nothing around you has changed except for the addition of A.J. Brown, who is his best friend, somebody you already have chemistry with, someone you already get along with, right? His foundation isn't changing. And to me, I think that's going to play a huge part for him this season and how he feels out on the on the field. And and just everything that he does, executing plays, making reads and and making decisions out there. The trust that he has with this coaching staff is something that he he, uh, he hasn't had since college. 
it's always a new team, new offensive coordinator, new coach, new school, new offensive line, new receiver. Like everything is constantly changing for him. And coming into this season, I felt like it was going to be special. Could be 2017 special. I mean, we don't know. We're only two weeks in. But it gives me that same feeling. So I'm excited. I'm excited. These first two weeks have been beautiful to watch. Um, I thought that, I, I, I don't know if this was, I don't know if this was the game plan, but it looks like Jalen Hurts kind of took a step back from his initial read of rushing and running the ball. Um, 57, uh, 57 rushing yards and then two rushing touchdowns. I wouldn't trade those touchdowns. I wouldn't trade those touchdowns for anything. I want to see Jalen Hurts score touchdowns. Run those babies in. You know, he he did he bulked up over this he bulked up over the summer. So I don't think a lot of these DBs and and all that really know what 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 is he 240, 245 pure muscle. I don't think those DBs have hit something like that in a long time. So it's going to be fun to watch Jalen run people over, drag DBs into the end zone with him. Oh, yeah, this, this is this is going to be a good time. But on an even better side, his passing. 26 to 31 for 333 yards and a touchdown. I'm not going to talk about the interception because I think it was a fluke. You know, there was way too many um, or way too much. Um miscommunication on that play. So I'm just going to erase the interception from the record. Jalen Hurts did not have an interception in week two. Doesn't exist. End of story. Um, But I thought he looked really, really good in the pocket. I feel like he gave himself more time. He felt more comfortable and he was going through his progressions. And that to me says he worked on these things during the off season. He made sure that he is progressing and getting better every single week. And we're starting to see it now. On the opposite side of that, um, he was sacked three times. Um, I believe he was only sacked once versus Detroit. I don't have that right in front of me, but um, he was sacked three times. Uh, Nobody wants their quarterback getting hit even once in a game. So, you know, this O-line really has to tighten up a little bit, um, which I have no issues thinking that they're going to do because they're going to do it. They're not they're not going to they're not going to put Jalen in harm's way or anything like that anymore. So I expect the sacks to. to essentially go away as the season progresses. And uh, going back to his passing, you know, he he was almost perfect, right? Spread the ball around. Probably the best that he has done in the in the in the last year. You know, leading receiver, obviously Dallas Goddard, 82 yards. Um Smitty, or I'm sorry, A.J. Brown um, 
had a couple of catches. Smitty, you know, Smitty was seven for seven. Seven targets, seven receptions, 80 yards after coming off of a game where he had no catches after four targets. So it was good to see him bounce back. It was good to see Jalen making the correct reads and making sure that he was putting the ball or giving the ball to to the right receiver, right? Four of these receivers on Monday night were over 65 yards receiving. That is, I, I think um, A.J. Brown had 69 yards and Quez Watkins had 69 yards. Like that's, that's, that's great. That is absolutely incredible because that was something coming into the season, again, that a lot of people were worried about. Oh, is he going to pass the ball? Oh, are we just going to stick to the run game? Oh, is he just going to rush for 100 yards every week? No. He's not. He's he's He was slinging that thing um, <laughs> on Monday night. And it was beautiful. Like, there were a couple of throws that I, I, I was worried that they were going to get picked. I really was. Because they were tight windows, tight coverage, like... I don't even know how half of these balls got caught, honestly, after rewatching the game. I like, I don't know. I don't know. But comes from the precision of your quarterback, making sure that he puts it in a place where only his receiver can get it. So I'm looking forward to seeing Jalen develop and get more comfortable in the pocket and just slinging it downfield. Um, you know, back-to-back games with 50-plus yard completions. Now... All of those people that said Jalen Hurts had a noodle arm, where are you? All of those people that said Jalen Hurts can't throw, he he, he he doesn't have the arm for the deep throw, where are you? Because I haven't seen not one of y'all or a Vikings fan, really, since like halftime on Monday. And it's what, Thursday now? Like that's crazy to me. Y'all want to dish it out, but you can't take it. So anyway, Jalen Hurts is going to hurt a lot of people's feelings this year, and I cannot wait. Um, It's going to be good. It's going to be really, really, really good. Now, going back to the penalties, something that this team has got to clean up. We saw last week, or I'm sorry, week one, there were issues with tackling. Tackling got better in week two. Now you have the issues with the penalties. Ineligible ineligible player downfield WTF three of them in the first quarter like what are we doing and I know it got explained as like a run pass option uh linemen don't really know which one Jalen's gonna pick so it's kind of like oh I'll just play it like it's a pass or play it like it's a run like I don't think uh, well in Nick Sirianni's press conference today he did not want to go into detail on it on the record so they will get that cleaned up offensive pass interference on smitty i thought that was bs no terrible terrible call and then all of the holding and false starts and they were honestly i i was actually shocked at how many of these actually got called because they were getting called on people our veterans that don't get flagged for anything. 
So there, you know, this I Nick Sirianni is going to put this offense into a better position where we're going to see a decrease in those offensive penalties as the weeks go on. And I can't wait. I'm really happy for that. Now, another person that I want to give their flowers to is Mr. Miles Sanders, our running back, our baby. Contract year, coming into the season, the one thing that everybody was worried about, is he going to stay healthy? There was the the hamstring issue during training camp. Um, He wasn't practicing, you know, all of that stuff. And obviously did not play in any preseason games because of the hamstring injury. But honestly, after watching him these first two weeks, hamstring injury where? That man did not look like he had been through as many injuries as, as we've seen him have. It's incredible. 96 yards rushing versus Detroit. Then you come to you come back home, 80 yards rushing versus the Vikings. As long as he's healthy, this is going to be the Miles Sanders who gets who gets an extension. This is going to be the Miles Sanders that we that we want to see on a con, uh, on a continuing basis. We have to see the consistency. Because if we don't, we're going to get worried that he's playing through injury or he's hiding an injury or, you know, he's, you know, mentally checked out of a game or, or whatever it is. Give this man his flowers. Now. These first two weeks were probably a breath of fresh air for a lot of people when it comes to Miles Sanders. You know, got a touchdown versus the Lions. That man has... I forget how many games they said he was um he had played since the last time that he got a rushing touchdown or a touchdown at all. I, I don't think he had very many, if not one or two last year. So it's a breath of fresh air. But again, these players are human, they get hurt, things happen, they get sick, whatever. Miles Sanders has to be the healthiest version of himself this year. His career depends on it, but I think he's headed in the right direction. Just got to stay healthy. You know, even going, you know, going back to our, our receiving core, it's, it's incredible that, you know, how he was able to make the moves that he did. Getting AJ Brown was an absolute game changer. Like I said before, him and him and Jalen are best friends. You know, Jalen's the godfather of, of AJ's daughter. Like, they are tight. You know, Dallas Goddard, you know, wanting to be the best tight end in the league. And he's on his way to doing that, by the way. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see at the end of the season, you know, before going to the NFC championship game, you know, Dallas Goddard leading all tight ends in every category. That's what I want to see. Iron sharpens iron. You got AJ Brown, Smitty, you know, Quez Watkins, um, Dallas Goddard. You like, you have all of these guys that are like selfless and spreading the ball around the way that Jalen Hurts did Monday night. 
Yes, give me all of that. Inject it into my veins. I want that every single week. Every week. On top of 150 plus rushing yards every single week. That's what I want. I don't think it's unrealistic. And it's definitely not impossible. This team can do that. More than capable of doing that. Now, let's switch to my favorite side of the ball, the defense. Now, first, I'm going to say Jonathan Gannon did a very good job with the game plan versus the Vikings. It was very, what do I want? Very fluid. And it just, like, it was just shy of perfect. Because there's, you know, there's still some issues on defense, but whatever. We're not, we're not going to. We're not going to tear down that tree just yet. But seeing the way that the defense adjusted from week one to week two, you know, tackling is an issue. It's been on and off an issue for our defense for a while. You know, that's nothing new, but it's like they pretty much missed everything versus the Lions. And then for them to come out and put on the show that they put on, it was, it was great to watch. So, Jonathan Gannon, you're not an idiot this week. So, I'll give you, my, I'll give you your flowers for this week. Now, if you mess up going forward, like, you're, you're going on the shit list. Like, it's, it's done. Um, but, yeah. First and foremost, the all-pro corner, Mr. Darius Slate Jr., Can, can we just all take a second and just thank God that Darius Slay is on this team, please? <laughs> because if he would have gone anywhere else, like, I, I, I don't know what this defense would look like. I really don't. Darius Slay was the best wide receiver for the Vikings on Monday night. Catching everything thrown his way. Almost everything. Two interceptions. A uh, couple of pass breakups, like, it was great. It was absolutely great to watch. He should have had five interceptions, actually. But it's a conversation for another day. Covering uh, Justin Jefferson all night, had him in clamps, had him under the jail in prison. Like, I don't think Darius Slate could have been any closer without getting into Justin Jefferson's uniform. He was on him like white on rice. It was insane. It's so good to watch. Justin Jefferson ended with six receptions for 48 yards. After coming off a two, almost 200 yard game the week before. If that doesn't speak volumes to, to the defense, I don't know what else will. And even switching over to the, you know, our run defense. Dalvin Cook was a ghost. I had people texting me asking me if Dalvin Cook was even on the field. Because half the time, nobody saw him. It's crazy. 17 yards rushing. <laughs> and 19 yards receiving. For Dalvin Cook. 
who I very much consider a very, very, very talented running back. And he couldn't crack 20 yards. That's wild. Wild. Now, another reason why Darius Slay had all of those interceptions or even had the opportunity to get the interceptions was that Jonathan Gannon is not allergic to calling the blitz. He's not allergic, you guys. He knows what a blitz is. He knows that he can call it. I'm excited. Because they didn't blitz at like, if ever, last year. But we saw a couple of blitzing plays on, on Monday night. And they worked. They worked out. The result of, of somebody coming off the edge or blitzing or whatever was either an interception or a pass deflection or dropped ball, like whatever. Worked out in our favor, so I can't be mad at it. You know? I just want to see this aggressiveness go throughout the season. That's it. You got the talent to do it. You got the, it's an open, it should be an open playbook for Jonathan Gannon. At the end of the day, he's got the talent at the positions that he needs to run this defense like a well-oiled machine. Now, I said in the offseason, this team was going to be, or I'm sorry, this defense was going to be top three or top five defense in the league. Who finna argue with me now? I know it's week two, but still. Who is going to argue with me about this defense not being a top five defense? And if you are going to argue with me, I need you to tell me who you're putting in front of the Philadelphia Eagles. Outside of Buffalo, I don't think that there is any defense that has played as well as the Eagles have and the Bills have in the first two weeks of the season. There's nobody. It's literally Buffalo and Philadelphia. Period. Probably make an argument for Detroit, but I don't think it's sustainable with Detroit. I could be wrong, though. You never know. You never know. But here we go. The man of the hour, Mr. Primetime Kirk Cousins. What it do, boy? Standing ovation. For making sure that Darius Slay was the best wide receiver you had Monday night. And we knew going into this game that Kirk Cousins is not good under the lights. We know this. And it comes up every season when there's a Monday night game or Sunday night game, Thursday night game. He just doesn't play good football. And it drags the team down. It drags them down. It's crazy. Specifically for Monday Night Football games, Kirk Cousins is 2-10. and 10. He has only won two times under the lights on Monday Night Football. And this man has been in the league like 10 years. That is, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. He should have just packed it up. Start the backup. Don't even let Kirk Cousins on the field crazy but of course can't argue with garbage time 
And I'm not gonna lie, I actually, I placed a live bet. I believe it was the beginning of the fourth quarter, right? I think he only had like 100 yards passing. And I think his number had went up to over under like 214, 214 and a half, something like that, um, for his passing yards. So I'm like, man, I trust my defense more than I trust Kirk Cousins. Playing the under. Played the under and go figure this man goes ham in garbage time. Obviously, it didn't result in any points, but took the ball down the field and went over the 214 and a half. I think he ended with like 226 or 236, something like that. But yeah, you know, Kirk Cousins is just not, he's not good. He's not a good quarterback under the lights. He melts. He can't do anything. He's at a standstill. And he can't get his team over the hump, under the lights. It's it's like it's impossible for him. He's almost allergic to it, if I'm being honest. So thank you, Kirk Cousins, for being a contributing factor to the Eagles stomping all out on Monday night. I love it here. I absolutely love it here. But next week, we go down to Washington, face Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders. I joke all day. I, I don't know why their, their like slogan is take command. Like that is the corniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Because like take command of what? And nobody has an answer for me. Nobody. Take command of what? It's going to be, it's going to be a sight to see on Sunday. And I think that the Eagles, I'm probably going to do a a preview, you know, specifically for that game. But looking at how the way the Eagles played these first two games, I'm not saying that it's going to be a cakewalk, but like probably going to be like a cupcake walk, you know? We, this, this team knows Carson Wentz very, very well. They know what makes him tick. They know what gets under his skin. And like any other quarterback in the league, the more you hit him, the more inaccurate he gets, the more gun shy he gets, the more off target, off his timing is off. Like everything just gets discombobulated. And that is a win for the defense. And not to mention Washington's O-line sucks. Aiden Hutchinson had, what, three sacks on Carson Wentz last week? Ending with a total of five sacks on him from the Lions defense. And our defensive line is much better than theirs, in my opinion, you know? So Washington's O-line is going to have their hands full come Sunday. And it's going to be great, you guys. I'm so excited. I really am. I wish I could go down there. That'd be a, That'd be fun. But, you know, rails, don't want to die or, or sorry, don't want to get hurt or anything like that. But yeah, I, I really, I, I have a good vibe about this team. I'll do a separate episode about my, my feels for 2017 and 2022 and, and all of that. But there's good vibes here in Philly. There's good vibes in that locker room. There's trust in that locker room. And with as much 
controversy that we've seen this team surrounded with over the last few years, having a sense of calm and balance and trust is such a great feeling as a fan. And I bet you it feels even better as a player in the midst of that. So definitely looking forward to Washington. Uh, I mean, I think this Eagles team, again, they know Carson Wentz very, very well. They know his tendencies. He was here five years, you know? The Lions had five total sacks on him. I think this defense can get up to seven. Between five and seven sacks on Carson Wentz on, on Sunday. Jonathan Gannon better get to work because they've got to they've gotta be able to improve every week. And I think the Washington Commanders are just the next victim in a line. And it's going to be, excuse me, sorry. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So buckle up your seatbelts, Philadelphia Eagles fans. We are in for the ride of our lives again, but in a good way. So again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. After the show, go ahead, leave a review for me. Let me know what you think. Shoot me a DM on Twitter at your host underscore breezy. And you know what? Till next time, you guys, peace and love. Go birds.